We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, you're listening to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, I'm joined by Sean Siegel. Sean, we are getting uh, really and truly into the, the fast-paced action here towards the championship rounds, and of course, uh, if you're in some of those high-stakes leagues like the FFPC, depending on the different formats, you may be in some of your finals already. This week, I know, Sean, you have a few of them coming up here. Unfortunately for me, uh, none this week, but uh, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But uh, exciting time of the season, Sean. Uh, all those lineups all year long uh, are in the back window, but it's that hard work that's got people to this point of their seasons. Um, but it's always a lot of pressure then uh, seeing if we can bring it all home when it gets to <laughs> gets to this point. Yes, week 13 is championship weekend in the FFPC, so we're rooting for all of our listeners who are in the championship, whether it's the main event, the FPC, any of their other formats. Uh, This is a very fun time of the season. It's nice to have this sort of uh, intermediate championship weekend before we get to weeks 14, 15, and 16. The race for the big money in the FPC, FFPC, the race for your league title in most of our normal 
format. So getting to the time of the year where every single week you're on the edge of your seat from kickoff uh, Sunday morning all the way through Monday or in this case Tuesday or Wednesday if we have any more weeks like this. Uh, We've had the football really stretched out this past week. People having to deal with a lot of different schedule changes and juggling those lineups Colm, are you ready to get your teams across the line and into the fantasy playoffs starting next week with the quarterfinals? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case anyway. Some teams, uh, like, you know, there's some of those leagues you kind of put in the back burner. Your your teams are, like, going so well that you're like, oh, well, this team's playoff bound, uh, and that's the way it's gone uh, true so far. So I'm excited about those leagues. I have a couple, as I mentioned, on Monday's show that are just uh their their tiptoes are just kind of touching into the playoffs uh, just need to get that final surge to push them over the line so just have to make those decisions and it's it's always interesting as the season was along uh, those leagues that um you know you have that little bit of a cushion and setting those lineups there's there's no pressure it's a, it's an easy choice it feels like those teams set themselves but on those rosters where there's like a little bit of doubt that you know one loss could uh, put you out of the the playoff hunt here it's always uh, a little bit more pressure uh, to make those decisions and the, you could have the same players on both rosters but uh, it's just a little bit harder when the pressure's a little bit a little bit more so uh, it's always about making those right calls i know this past week a uh, couple of those that i, I made uh, made the wrong call looking in hindsight but uh uh, you know you, you learn from these things and hopefully we make the right calls this coming week but it is an exciting time of the year Sean and the, there's some big performances uh, this past week we did touch them a little bit when we talked with Mike Leone of established a run earlier this week uh, Tyreek Hill with his big 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 performance but uh, I know he was uh, linked in, in a couple of a couple of rosters you had Sean um, you know putting up uh, some monster performances so I know you, you want to touch on him yeah, so we're going to look a little bit today at zero running back and its upside for the fantasy playoffs, right? We know that this is an approach that gives you a high floor, that gives you a lot of wide receiver firepower, but is it a, an approach that really allows you to go through to win your fantasy title, to win a race for the big money, that kind of thing? And what we've seen here with Tyreek Hill is this upside that we actually do get from the wide receiving position. Since the year 2000, Hill's performance is the highest score in Week 12, nipping the 55.7 that Priest Holmes scored in 2002. And during this playoff window, we're going to refer to the beginning of FFPC playoffs through the end of the race, through your Week 16 Fantasy Championship game as the Fantasy Playoffs. He's bested only by Jamal Charles' 59-point performance in Week 15 of 2013. And frequent leaders, listeners know that that's a very special performance for me but this question how many points can you score with hill in your lineup obviously it's a lot but the zero running back team that i drafted with peter overzet patrick kareen ben Gradge, we were lucky enough to find out this week uh, this is one of the teams we talked about on the show that was a pure zero running back team and even had george kittle as our first round pick Lost him, lost Cortland Sutton. We had Juju Smith-Schuster on the bench because of the crazy uh, contingencies with that game. So three of our top five picks, not in this lineup, but we scored 219. And that means there was 160 before you add in Tyreek Hill's performance. We got the big stack game from Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Hines in there scoring our running back points for us. A.J. Brown uh, putting up 26 points with the big 
touchdown run catch and run aj brown has been someone who's a little bit difficult to play blair andrews and i had him on the bench again this past week because he has been a little bit more reliant on these massive splash plays but one of the things we're seeing about aj brown is that he is uniquely capable of creating them with some consistency that doesn't mean it's going to happen every week but brown looking so good it it makes you wonder what he's going to be like in another year or two as the offense sort of naturally transitions in his direction we'll talk about that in a minute but one of the things that we've emphasized a lot and one of the nice things about constructing your team as a zero running back juggernaut is that you're not reliant on that single player to carry you to victory right Blair and his zero RB watch list right up last week talking about our main event team uh, we rostered six top 20 wide receivers on that team we did advance to the championship round with 160 point is that 168 point game this past weekend that was the game that had AJ Brown on the bench having Brown as someone who's not even in our starting lineup allows us the flexibility now with Will Fuller being suspended we can slide Brown in there for the championship game. We don't necessarily have to have the same panic uh, that some other fuller lineups might have. And so looking at this again, this is a time period where we can really see this big gap between running back scoring and wide receiver scoring in those rounds two through seven range and how it allows you to put together this team that will score a lot of points, even with problems, right? Now, I think the key question that a lot of listeners have, however, is how are wide receivers actually doing once we get into the fantasy playoffs? We know Hill had had a big week this week, but but how unusual is that, right? And so I went through and looked at positional upside in the fantasy playoffs, the big games that these players score at different positions in this week 12 through 16 time period. And Colin, I think the results were a little bit surprising. Deshaun, when we look at the, the weekly scores um, between that time frame, um, the last nine years, 2011 to 2020, uh, week 12 through 16, as you mentioned there, uh, if we look at 50-point games all tied up and all square there um, for for us uh, at, at two two apiece, I, I, if I was saying there's going to be 50-point uh, games in the playoffs, uh, let's let's say it's probably not the most likely, but that 40-point that range all the way up to 49.9 uh, leads the way for wide receivers in terms of 15 uh, to 8 in terms of the running back position. Uh, then between 35 and 40 points, it's 36 to 20 in favor of the wide receivers. Uh, and then 30 to just under 35 points is pretty close, but it's uh, 53 to 49 again for wide receivers. So over the total, when we look through them, it's 106 for wide receivers uh, of 30-point plus games in the playoffs and 79 uh, for the running back position so uh, it's, it's still very very strong in that um, in terms of wh- where we're looking at the the fantasy positional upside um, we do we do t- tend Sean to see some of those stud running backs come through in that time uh, but we also see those stud wide receivers of course which will be taken in those first six rounds as you mentioned earlier on in the show um, it's you know when we're looking at it again there's certain times when you look at it and you think these running backs are, are you know starting to warm up people talk about cold weather football and things like that but what we're seeing time and time again over the last couple of years is that the the wide receivers and as well it probably helps that there's so many teams that are, are playing in domes nowadays but uh the wide receivers still have those big games when it really matters for us in the fantasy playoffs and if you if you look if you can have those first 
you know four to five rounds have four to five wide receivers those top end wide receivers are going to put up those larger numbers where it's it's very hard to have you know two to three of those really top end running backs based on where they go early in the draft so i guess we can never be confident sean of those big games but uh again leaning towards the the wide receivers if those if those do happen a lot of those big weeks as well uh coming by the way jamal charge we touched on a couple of weeks ago on the show and uh the the ghost of Le'Veon bell as well putting up some of those big big days back in the past yeah and one of the things i think this really reinforces is the idea of the race to win the flex one of the things that we talk about as being a foundational precept for zero running back in formats that allow you multiple flex positions say you're playing in a two running back two wide receiver two flex format or a 2-3-2 format, you really want those two flexes to be wide receivers to maximize your overall upside on the roster. Now, the second thing that we want to look at a little bit here, uh, you're going to think, okay, well, we have the individual weeks. That's great if I can spread them out across my roster, get those guys. But how are the players maintaining that scoring, creating the upside throughout the entire playoffs? It's one thing if Tyreek Hill scores uh, 58 points and then comes back and scores, you know, 7 and 12 numbers that really aren't going to give us what we want for consistently winning. You know, how are the wide receivers holding on? How does that compare to some of these top running backs? And we do see a little bit of an edge for the running backs on the top side when we look at weeks 12 through 16 together. So if we look at 140 plus point performances in this span, we see a seven to four edge from running backs. And one of the reasons that running backs are so in fashion right now among drafters is that these performances have occurred very recently. Six of the seven of them have happened in the last four years. So they're front and center in our minds. And you can make the argument that perhaps they're becoming more likely as a result of some of the trends in the way running backs are deployed, scheme, usage, that kind of thing. This is one of the reasons why we do recommend single elite running back as a very viable strategy if you have a top five pick, but I encourage listeners to go in a different route later on. Four of those seven performances actually do come from Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell, runners who are drafted very early and have that double-double EP profile that we crave, right? So 10-plus expected points as a runner, 10-plus expected points as a receiver per game. Those guys have this usage that gives you both a super high floor and crazy crazy upside Todd Gurley, david johnson jamal charles all of these guys at the height of their powers they round out that list of seven if you have a shot at a guy like that and in 2021 that player might be alvin Kamara. we're going to talk about him in a second might be dalvin cook might be ezekiel elliott if things turn back around there so if you have one of these top picks it makes sense to hit a running back and then go receiver 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 But at the same time, if you don't, you want to be careful, right? In this 120 to 139 point range, receivers have a five to three edge. And then from that 100 to 120 range, they have a 31, 23 edge. So outside of this very, very top pull away, you know, really crush the opponent kind of performance, you need to have the receiver. So when you're in the draft, you have to ask yourself, does it make sense to chase a little bit of a lower down running back and get further behind? Or do I want to have these wide receiver performances that will help me match and maybe even be able to compete with a Christian McCaffrey, whomever the next Todd Gurley type of player is? Again, we don't want to lock people into a strategy or an approach 
that they feel uncomfortable with or is too robotic and they can't get their guys. We just want to be aware of what the numbers are, what history tells us, who's scoring a lot of points. And Tyreek Hill's performance uh, this past weekend really underlines this trend that we've been seeing in fantasy. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical and indeed is here to help indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to comscore indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to help keep your business going Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with your candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed out for the free 75 dollar credit at indeed.com slash blue wire this is the best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through december 31st terms and conditions apply Football is really and truly back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you have every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can also get their great bonuses and you can start wagering on wins, divisions and even championship futures. So let's get your Super Bowl bets on and that is available all day, every day. Head on over to Bet Online today and take full advantage of those great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use the code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, to get yourself one of those great bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So, Sean, you teased it a moment ago in terms of uh, Alvin Kamara and you know what's happened with him and Taysom Hill, the Drew Brees injury. Um, how things were going through the early part of the season versus how things have gone over the last couple of weeks then with the big performance from Latavius Murray uh, 124 yards for him this past week and you know Taysom Hills rushed into the end zone a number of times but obviously the passing element to his game has really uh, kind of I'm trying to think of the nicest possible way to say it but it's really limited uh, the upside of Kamara and what he can do in the passing game um and and when we're looking at you know what we're doing moving forward we we talked about earlier in the week about wide receivers and if you're starting them in the playoffs and how things are looking there most teams are going to have to be starting alvin kamara but how much concern have you uh particularly for the playoff stretch here 
based on uh, Alvin Kamara's usage with Taysom Hill at quarterback and with the the time that Breeze is expected to miss with uh, his injury? I think we have multiple issues going on here, right? Uh, Monty Fawn in his awesome Monday article, High Staked, where he goes through uh, the big developments, both in NFL and in high stakes formats for the weekend. He talks about how <laughs> the Saints rushed for four TDs this past week, but two were by Hill, two were by Murray. Hill attempted only 16 passes and threw for just 73 yards. They now face the Falcons next, whom they beat handily just a week ago. And so when we're looking at the dynamic here, I think we have really three separate elements. One is the Camara is a little bit dinged up, right? He's been missing some practice. They're trying to manage the workload on his foot. I think these games that are in control, we're going to continue to see this dynamic where they rely on Murray and try and save Camara for the more important games later. Unfortunately for us, the important games for the Saints do not line up with the important games for fantasy owners and this could be a problem as long as Kamara isn't totally healthy now when you combine that with the fact that Hill is not throwing to Kamara the way that Drew Brees would and the offense has completely flipped here then you have a second problem he doesn't have that super high floor right in the games where Drew Brees was playing Kamara had 11 touchdowns he averaged nearly nine targets a game in the two games with Hill, he has just a single touchdown and three total targets. So this usage profile and the usage profile that we were talking about with the double digit, uh, with the double double EP, right? That's completely evaporated. If you take Alvin Kamara and make him more like a Josh Jacobs or a Derrick Henry type of player, and then you remove him from the game a lot to keep him healthy, then it just totally changes who he is. We can't expect him to be anything like the Camara that was averaging in the high 20s. And then this other problem is just the Saints defense has been so good that they don't need to throw. They don't have these catch-up time periods where they throw to the backs. They're not trying to come from behind. So, so many of the elements that make Alvin Kamara this unique fantasy weapon, a very McCaffrey-esque fantasy weapon, those no longer exist. And so as a Camara owner myself, I'm very concerned about how this is going to continue to develop through the next several weeks. Hopefully things shift around a little bit by week 15 if Drew Brees is back for the fantasy semifinals, if he's back for the fantasy finals and teams challenge the Saints a little bit more, then I think we could get that. Hopefully if you're in a format where week 15 and 16 are the weeks you're targeting, Kamara can get healthy for those and he can take you to the victory that we're looking for. But then, Colin, the second question becomes, and I think uh, we had some listener comments you know, asking about this for Dynasty. What should we expect from the Saints in 2021 if Hill is the QB, if Drew Brees decides to retire? What does this mean for Thomas and Kamara? We saw the big target numbers to Thomas uh, the previous week. This game against the Broncos, I think you can basically throw out, right? Because even though Hill didn't look great, he was playing against a very good defense. And yet in a game where, I mean, the Broncos simply weren't going to do anything, right? And so if we look at that as a game that's not that representative, can we look back to the previous week? Should we still want Michael Thomas? And if we assume that the defensive prowess 
will struggle to carry over. One of the things that you see, and we saw this with the Indianapolis Colts uh, this last week and what they dealt with in terms of getting run over by Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Green, I mean, A.J. Brown, and certainly Derrick Henry with the 170 plus yards and the three touchdowns, is that if you lose a couple of key players like the Colts did, you can go from being a fantastic defense to you know one of these bargain basement units very very quickly if we assume the saints are going to have a hard time keeping up this level of defensive performance should we actually be pretty enthusiastic about the saints trio in 2021 i i think the saints defense is like pretty good i think when it started the season it probably wasn't what we expected it to be but i think it's really writing into shape over the the last little bit of time but when we look at you know what we can expect moving forward i think you know there there's there's limitations to what we can do with Taysom Hill both in the NFL and as a as a fantasy prospect you know I, I think he he can put up fantasy numbers for himself I, I don't know how that's going to support the players around him um I I think this past week is one that I may say to to, to kind of bypass on and the reason for that is you know what the situation of quarterback for the Broncos you know if if the Broncos like they ended up with three points but if they had scored 10 points in this game I think we would have been you know saying that was their max so maybe if the saints are looking at you know trying to get that number one seed in the nfc you know i don't know how much of their game plan and how much of their their bag of tricks they want to give away when they're when they're playing a, a broncos team that uh, they're expected to be comfortably and did be comfortably so that might be my one takeaway from what to you know take into consideration from last week's game in terms of uh the week before when they, they beat the falcons um you know that's probably more along what we're going to see but in terms of how that there works out for michael thomas and for kamara th- there's no doubt in my mind that it has to be a negative to to even as drew Brees has slowed down and his arm strength has dwindled over the years th- there's no comparison as a actual straight nfl you know pocket passer uh to be able to you know set up points for somebody like michael thomas or alvin kamara and i think that's going to hurt Taysom hill moving forward as a nfl quarterback and i think in terms of fantasy numbers it's going to hurt michael thomas and alvin kamara as well so if if i had those guys you know if you have them for the stretch run here i think you're you're probably not looking to trade them away um obviously we're past the trade deadline but like even a couple of weeks ago i had concerns that breeze like i i kind of have always thought this was breezes last year in the nfl um you know at max we could see him back for one more run but i i always thought this is likely to be the last one so i had been kind of thinking ahead so in terms of dynasty i, I don't have kamara or uh, thomas on any dynasty rosters i i did select them in a lot of those kind of season-long leagues this year because I, I thought the saints are all in to win this year but in terms of looking forward moving forward sean um i have a lot of concerns about how that production can be can be you know for both of them i'm actually more concerned about uh, thomas than i am about kamara between the two of them is there you know would you say you're more concerned about one or the other or just equally concerned about both moving forward i think you have to be a little bit nervous about both players here in part because the dump off passes to Kamara are such a huge part of his value the difference that you see with these rushing quarterbacks and the ability for uh, someone like a Josh Allen someone like a Kyler Murray someone like a Hill is that when you get in these broken situations and they see this path they're like I'm going to take it I'm, I'm the better rushing option and so I uh, 
I would be concerned about that. Now, the Saints are obviously going to continue to draw up screens for Kamara. He's someone who's a, a good route runner like a Christian McCaffrey. He can run some of those intermediate routes. He's going to be hit on some of those plays. Michael Thomas, someone who, as hard as it was to believe, probably a sell before this season, right? We talk a lot about how you want to own these players between ages 22 and 26. Sell them in their prime, even though that occasionally will put you in a situation where maybe you've sold a Devontae Adams right before a season where he has you know a 25, 26 point per game average. But we want to continue reloading, get those Justin Jefferson types, you know, get CD Lamb, a Claypool, all of those players, and then hold them again, retrade them, you know, get this excess value for them. I will say for nervous fantasy owners, there are some other uh, slightly positive. Uh, there are some other small bits of what you might consider slightly negative news as well. When you pull up our strength of schedule tool uh, again this is an advanced strength of schedule tool built by dave cabin it shows the saints as having the number one remaining schedule and for quarterbacks which again that works well for, for hill a bottom five schedule for the running back position so uh, there are some problems that uh, camara is looking at that extend beyond just the situation here where uh, hill could get in his way so Sean, in terms of uh, this week, um, I'll hold my hand up and uh, take the responsibility. Uh, <laughs> it was a week that it slipped by. Um, I actually moved into uh, our new house on Sunday and it was a crazy kind of four days where uh, it was just moving everything from one house to the other, uh, trying to get everything done and trying to remain sane at the same time as doing all that. So the uh, the old uh, question for the... Uh, the old question for the recommendations and the suggestions didn't go out on time as it, as it should have. So again, I'll give an early call out for any suggestions for next week. Send them to uh, send them over my way at, at Overtime Ireland uh, on Twitter, or send them to RotoVizRadio at Gmail dot com. We'll get them in on next week's show. So hands are held up, but uh, I, I I got to watch uh, the NFL on Sunday, and that was that was about the height of my time outside of uh, <laughs> outside of a manic uh, couple of days. But uh, Sean, suggestions this week, and I don't know if this was made a suggestion by you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's just in my memory, but uh, what I did start to watch over the couple of days before the move and then since the move uh, is the the Netflix show The Queen's Gambit. And I can say as well that I have absolutely no idea about chess, about the rules really or how it works, but there's something about this show that has just uh, sucked me in uh, and and to wanting to just watch it as the i've been very uh, kind of regimented i i haven't really had time either to just continue from one show into the next but it's one of those series where i when the episode is heading to the next one i find it very hard to press pause uh to, to watch the next one the next day but i'm into the last the last episode which i'm going to watch shortly after we record this today um and i, I would highly recommend it to, to any of the listeners listening and i've just found it fascinating but is that one first of all that you've recommended and if it's not is it one that you've watched yet i haven't watched it to this point but you do seem to be in a, a good group with a lot of the rest of the world my understanding is the queen's gambit is one of the most streamed shows in netflix history so i know they're very excited about that to have a chess show with a young female prodigy being uh, such a breakout hit when you look at uh, demographics and all of the different 
um, uh, sort of testing of different shows, looking for the uh, ways to pull in the largest audiences. I'm not sure that topic would have been the one that they would expect to be such a breakout hit. Hopefully that will allow creative shows about lots of uh, different crazy concepts to uh, get the green light, not have to be everything right there in the sweet spot for what we think will be watched. Exciting development with that on Netflix. The couple of recommendations that I made for this week, uh, you know, Monty, his team's going down with that Alvin Kamara and Kyler Murray bomb. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals going down again in Igmi at the end there with Cliff Kingsbury again showing the inability to manage an NFL game. If you bombed out of the FFPC playoffs this week and you need something a little bit lighter, I recommended a couple of TBS comedies from a couple of years ago. That might seem kind of strange. I don't know that TBS is known for their programming exactly, but People of Earth, a fantastic uh, show, a comedy about a journalist who goes and investigates an alien encounters group and then uh, finds out some surprising things about his own history that he didn't know. Uh, not to give too much of the way of, of spoilers, I think this is uh, clear right off the bat, but there are aliens. The aliens are from a couple of different alien species. And they are hilarious and some of the, the most fun bits and some of the most human bits, which I think that one of the things a show like this does when it's very successful is that, you know, you have these aliens and they have very different sorts of needs and drives, but at the same time, uh, very human ones at that. And so this is a show that's very funny, has a little bit better uh, plot than you might think. And so I recommend it. Also, if you're a big Lost fan and looking for something funny, the TBS sort of spoof parody, Erect, is actually pretty fun. It seems like it would be kind of a one-note uh, type of thing where, okay, you do some of the Lost things in a, in a silly f fashion in episode one, and then where do you go from there? Uh, where they went was, was pretty entertaining. So if you're a Lost fan, want to see something that's a comedy making fun of it, Wrecked, also a good show. And anyway, a little bit lighter fare for those of us who need a lift after the disappointing developments in week 12. Yeah, and I don't know about you, Sean, but uh, I have those shows as well that like I kind of go back to, uh, if, say, if there's like something kind of heavy happening uh, in, in your day or, you know, in your last couple of days and you need something just to, to bring you back around. My one tends to be either the U.S. office or, or the, the U.K. office. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen, have you watched both U.S. and U.K.? And uh, this is the reason I went to this kind of this this turn in the show is which is uh, I, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of the the UK even though it's a much shorter amount of episodes uh, I'm much I think it's the best of the two are you a UK office or a, a US office uh, as the best of the the series I would probably be a US office but but after the first season it, the US office is maybe too similar to the UK office but without the bite in that first season and then i think it gets going that's probably not a unique take there the uk one perhaps a little bit uh too rough to to feel comfortable and and, and sort of uh, lean into the comedy there but i think you had mentioned it on the show recently a uk sort of comedy with a very heavy and, and dark dramatic edge 
but from uh, the same singular actor there, Afterlife, uh, absolutely fantastic show. Oh yeah, if, if people yeah. haven't seen that, so uh, definitely some some UK shows that that hold up. I'm not sure that The Office is one of them, but that may be something where I would expect you to be representing the uh, the UK version of that. So so we're on the right sides there, I think. Yeah, and I think to edit, it's obviously much. Uh, it's a bit more dark, but I, I think the part that uh, there's probably bits of the. I don't know, maybe the humor or the dialect or the, you know, the conversation that probably is more Irish UK than it is US. They're both like the US. I've, I've watched it time, time and time again. I know I'll be watching it time and time again in future. But you mentioned Afterlife. That was my suggestion uh, a couple of months back. But definitely uh, my favorite series by quite some way uh, in 2020. So I'd uh, give that a, a second shout out to the listeners but that's going to do it for today's episode of the show hopefully your fantasy teams are going to have success this weekend lead you up for a, a happy weekend and a, a happy next week as you know that's what we want in the world there's lots of happiness so if your fantasy teams can win that'll boost uh, those spirits as well along the way uh, as always you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a road of its nfl pass by entering the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Drop us a review on your favorite podcast app, and as always, send us those suggestions ahead of next week's shows uh, so we can use the best ones that come in our way. You can do that at Overtime Ireland, sent them my way, or you can do it at rotavizradio at gmail.com. So until we're back with the next show, which will be dropping next Tuesday, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined by Sean Siegel and check out all his great work up on rotoviz.com. Until we are back next week, enjoy this week's NFL action. Good luck and have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.